Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yesterday, news that uh, the Seminole Tribe at its casinos is going to allow individuals to walk in and make a bet on sports. Uh, the app is a different story. Daniel Wallach has uh, been a guest of ours a number of time, and uh, I-, I don't think anybody has been following this story as good as him. And uh, he's kind to join us, the uh, gaming law and sports betting attorney expert. Uh, welcome back, Daniel, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just thinking about how many years uh, we go back to my appearances. I find, I think you might have been, your show might have been the very first yeah, one yeah. on which I ever made a radio appearance back in 2000. Listen, when I reached out, yeah, I mean, your response was, you want to do an interview? Okay, sure, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we did. Yeah, but wait, I that see. Was, that was, yeah. No, but then you're on Fox 35 Orlando this morning. You're all over the place here now, huh? How about that? That's right. I'm. I'm sorry. There was no advance warning. I somehow. I don't. I don't have a, a PR agent. I don't have an agent at all. But somehow my name gets around in circulation on the issue of sports betting. So whenever there's a story that's breaking, I'm like on that short list because there there really aren't that many people. So uh, they eventually have to come back to me. So last night or yesterday, I did this breakneck pace of nine consecutive interviews, like twenty minutes apart, like it was like speed dating. Well, uh, I, I don't know how I survived that, but luckily for you, you're my second interview of the day, and I had enough distance from the Orlando uh, Good Morning Orlando show where I've been able to catch a breath, catch my breath, and you'll have me at my strongest. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, so so tell me why and, and what happened yesterday that the tribe says, okay, we'll do this. You can come into the casino. Did anything change on the legal front yesterday? Oh, no, nothing changed yesterday. It was uh, what changed was a week ago mm-hmm. when the United States Supreme Court uh, denied West Flagler's application for a stay of the uh, federal circuit court's mandate. And that that motion or application was aimed at stopping the Seminoles from relaunching online sports betting, as well as uh, keeping the compact in a state of, you know, sort of abeyance. And once the once the once the stay was denied, uh, I think the Seminoles uh, were, were free all that for the last week. You know, my only surprise is that it didn't happen sooner, and that they're going to wait until December to launch their in-person gambling vis-a-vis roulette, craps, and the sports books on tribal land because that's not even the subject of any of the lawsuits anymore. The lawsuits brought by West Flagler are focusing only on only on the online and off reservation aspect of the gaming anything that takes place on indian lands uh perfectly satisfies the federal law known as the indian gaming regulatory act and there is not any constitutional issue under state law because amendment three has an exception for casino gambling on tribal land so there's no problem and i think the tribe had they wished to do so could have started these games a couple of months ago uh what remains in, in doubt somewhat is online sports betting because it's still the subject of a, a case before the Florida Supreme Court. And then Wes Flagler is going to go forward 
and ask the U.S. Supreme Court to grant certiorari and review the D.C. Circuit's ruling, which sided with the Seminole Tribe and the Department of the Interior. So we, we still have a couple of innings left to play in this game. And while the tribe have seemingly a comfortable lead right now, uh, you know, in the nature of, of, of judicial decision making is, you know, one judge could see it one way which is what happened in, in this case where Judge Frederick in the District of Columbia said that this compact violates IGRA, and the D.C. Circuit said, well, we see the case differently. It doesn't violate IGRA. And now last week, Justice Brett Kavanaugh said, you know, we're not, I'm not going to grant or agree to grant a stay, but I think this does violate IGRA. So it sets the stage or it, it, it serves up the, the, the very juicy possibility that we could have another United States Supreme Court case to decide the future of sports betting, but this time not in the United States, but, but focused only on whether this compact uh, complies with federal law. And it could be another year or so before that question is resolved. And that's why we're waiting, because of the outside chance that there could be a different decision as to online sports betting. Yeah, I was going to ask a, a potential timeline. You kind of explained, because it's not like the court has a deadline. I mean, it, it, they move at their own pace here. So, is uh, any... But they're, they're, it, the parties are under a deadline. There, right. there, there, there are two different uh, judicial proceedings that we've got to keep our eye mm-hmm. on. One is the Florida Supreme Court action which Wes Flagler uh, is using to argue that this Internet betting occurring on state land, non-tribal land, violates the Florida constitutional prohibition against non-voter-approved sports betting. Back in 2018, the voters overwhelmingly approved a measure that that, that said that any expansion of casino gaming has to be done through a citizen initiative. So that case is on a tight time frame. The, the state of Florida will respond to West Flagler's petition on December 1st. West Flagler files their reply brief on December 21st, and we, we can have a decision in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, likewise, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, action, which has not yet been officially filed, if the, if the court denies certiorari, which they do 98% of the time, we're going to know that by no later than the second quarter of 2024. So if, if, if the Seminole tribe is confident in their legal position and they think that they're going to win, um, they only have to wait a few more months to get finality on the issue of whether this, you know, the, the, the server being on Indian land and the better being located outside of Indian land poses a problem under either federal law or state law, they're going to reach the promised land and the end of the line on this case potentially as early as January, February, or March of 2024. So maybe they're waiting uh, for the conclusion of these judicial proceedings so that they have 100% legal clarity instead of 90% legal clarity. What is... um? What has surprised you, or, or, or what's been the most interesting part about the uh, the story itself and West and West Flagler's journey here? I'm more fascinated in the in the story of how the state of Florida can give a monopoly in what's going to be the largest state and the most lucrative state oh, I don't get that either. betting in the yeah. United States. We're the third we're the third largest state by population size. We get a hundred million plus tourists coming in every year. And there are like thirty racetracks and highlight venues and this broad mix of gaming stakeholders that would love to participate in this, yet the state decided we're gonna make a deal with only one company, or one entity, which is the Seminole Tribe. We're gonna grant them a monopoly and we're not gonna get 
a high enough we're not they, they didn't get a high tax rate in in return by way of example well let me tell you what the tax rate is it's 13.75 percent it varies between 13.75 percent and 15.75 percent but in actuality uh and that, i'm talking about the revenue share that the state of Florida will get from the Seminole Tribe's sports betting operations. But in reality, it's a tax rate in the single digits because the Seminole Tribe is allowed under the terms of the compact to deduct promotional bets, free bets, bonus bets, second chance bets. Any of the promotional incentives are going to come right off the top. So it's an effective tax rate in the single digits, one of the lowest in the country. Yet, And, and despite that, they get a monopoly to boot and in other states of comparable size. Nobody is, get, is getting a monopoly. There is no state of the 38 states that have legalized sports betting. There are only two that have granted a monopoly to one entity, and that's West, I'm sorry, that's New Hampshire and Rhode Island, two small states, and they've extracted a 51% revenue share from the operator for the privilege of being the only operator. In Florida, it's upside down. It's one of the lowest tax rates in the country, and they're granting the Seminole Tribe total control over the most lucrative market in the United States. Wait, I think under Simosat, they get to deduct every promotional bet, which, as you know, in other states is fighting some lawsuits already to begin with. Well, I don't, the, the issue of promo bets isn't in litigation, but it is controversial yeah. at the in the state houses because when the sports betting laws were first written in 2018, 2019, uh, state legislators were not as savvy on the issue of promotional uh, bonus bets, and they allowed uh, the, the lobbyists to, to influence the passage of the laws to allow for a dollar-for-dollar dollar write-off, which means that uh, when, you, when you figure out the net revenue or the gaming revenue to tax, uh, if you, it, it, uh, allowing a deduction for all these free bets and promo bets, which are so voluminous and, and are commonplace throughout sure. you know, the country, uh, it's a significant amount that the state is losing by allowing for a dollar-for-dollar write-off. And the more recent trend, uh, exemplified by states like Massachusetts and, and, and Colorado, is to cap the promotional bet write-off at like 1.75% of sports wagering gross gaming revenues. In Florida, there's no cap. Uh, the Seminoles can write off wow. an unlimited amount of promo bets and free bets. So the, the tax rate of 15.75% or 13.75% is a phantom tax rate. It might be much closer to 6% or 7%, which is like not taxing them at all. And of course, the state is guaranteed $500 million annually under the compact, but it's not only attributable to sports wagering. There's also going to be craps, roulette, and three new casinos being built at the Hollywood Reservation. So the vast majority or the bulk of the of the guarantee probably comes from factors uh, independent of sports betting and from some of the other you know gaming entitlements. Uh, I think the state could have done a much uh, better job of negotiating uh, a, a more sizable revenue share, given the precedent which has been established in states like New York, New Hampshire. Uh, I could go on and on. Massachusetts is twenty percent. Uh, Pennsylvania, thirty-six percent. I think a twenty to twenty-five percent tax rate might have been more reasonable. So I don't, I don't know who negotiated this deal, but given the comparisons to every other jurisdiction in the United States, I've never. I, there is no precedent for one entity to be given so much and only have to give back so little in return. Wow, uh, that, 
that's a lot there that I've got to swallow and 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 understand because I'm like you, I, although you know it far better than me. I never understood the exclusive deal and then the promotional bet stuff. Daniel Wallach is on X or Twitter. It's at Wallach Legal. He's as good as anybody on this. There you get the links to all the great work that he does. Um, his conduct detrimental podcast is fantastic. And find his work uh, uh, and the links all right there. Hey, thank you. I know you're traveling and busy. I really appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Always great to talk to you. Uh, Daniel Wallach um, knows that stuff as good as anybody. And um, what a deal, man. I mean, what a, the, the promotional bet stuff is just, you start adding that up, and wow, wow. But if you want to wager, you'll be able to walk into the casino in the next month. And as Daniel said, maybe there are some uh, interesting dates and deadlines coming up uh, in the litigation regarding the online betting uh, with the app, but that's the latest one's happening in our state in sports gambling. When we come back, a history lesson. Bob Knight passed away at the age of 83 yesterday. Today's history lesson is not in the career of Bob Knight. It'll look at an incredible season that was more than just Indiana that you're going to scratch your head and go, wait, they did what in college basketball then? That's in the history lesson next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.